chapter further revealed. What is going on, everyone? Episode 42 coming at you here live in the AFR studio. We are super excited to have you guys as we're nearing Christmas, all the holidays. Busy time for everyone, but busy time in sports, too. So we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, it was, a, it was an exciting week. Uh, interesting NFL action, but I'm glad we're here to talk about all of it. Yeah, Zach Wilson's back to starter, so that's kind of fun. For the yeah. Jets, going to flop every week. Is he is he excited about that? <clears throat> I heard today that he might not be like super pumped. Who'd you hear that from? My fiance. Where'd you hear that from? Uh, I do not know. I just want the source. <laughs> I don't know what the source is. <laughs> okay. Waiting I on the Bleacher Report put it out. Or oh, ESPN. Okay. That's legit. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear. I didn't see it. Seems sketchy though. Either way, the Falcons game. They had to win that game to for any resemblance of hope and they lost so it's toast like Rogers yeah. at this point Rogers should not come back no matter what just shouldn't don't do it mm-hmm. get healthy next season let's try this again <laughs> yeah well yeah I mean in you in the AFC in general a lot of teams injuries or no injuries that have been playing above their potential I mean we might as well just talk about my Titans over seven and a half wins it's probably not going to hit at this point they're four and eight so they have to finish the season four and one. To oh, hit what's that, the schedule? So. They could do it. I mean, but the crazy part is, is that the Texans and the Colts are both seven and five, Jags eight and four. And that's just like, I mean, the Jets four and eight, obviously they'd have to win out and you needed a bunch of help. But who would have thought that the Colts without their rookie QB and the Texans, I mean, both seven and five, or actually the Colts with or without their rookie QB and the Texans seven and five. I mean, you thought that the Broncos and the Chargers might be a little better. Regardless, it's is a lot more competitive across the board in the AFC than I thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, and Jaguars, I mean, Lawrence goes down Monday night, and that's, I'm sure, every Jaguars fan is just, like, holding their breath on that one. And then he refuses a cart, <laughs> which is just wild that he was allowed to refuse the cart. Like, dude, just put him on a cart. <laughs> um, yeah. I think – what was diagnosed a high ankle sprain was it was or something like that so um that division became real interesting yeah i think the jaguars are lucky that lawrence is still in because they're obviously in a divisional chase i think obviously among the league leaders now too with their wins which is surprising i feel like they've been a quiet team up until this point in the season i guess that's because you share the division with you know teams that are also performing a little bit higher than you expect it before the season too, but interesting though. You know, I mean, so is this the Titans? It looks like here. Uh, Ryan's looking at the schedule real quick, and we got the Dolphins next. Not great. <laughs> we got the Dolphins. They had the Texans two more times, the Seahawks and the Jags. So right now, yeah, all not easy. Basically, all teams with winning records and all could very well end up in the playoffs. Seahawks, I think, are six and six, but I feel yeah. like again, no, it was the easiest play. schedule I saw. Who's that? The Packers. Oh, mm. and they just came off. <clears throat> By the way, the Packers winning Sunday night, that really cold game in Lambeau, I, that knocked me out of the Survivor pool. Oh, was, it did? Uh, That's a good the, run, though. I saved the Chiefs all season long, and I didn't know who to go with, so I figured, oh, I'll play it safe with the Chiefs. Well, of course, I made the pick, and going into the game, they're like, Mahomes has never played at Lambeau Field. And I'm like, oh, of course, it's like freezing. He's probably not ready for this. And yeah, 
Jordan Love popped off that game. Yeah, I saw the combined record of the next of the final teams that they're playing is like twenty and forty. Dang. So they have a, and I think they're six and six now. So they they have a legit shot. Yeah, I feel like Jordan Love hasn't been awful for them. No, it's been like a little last, surprising. Like, yeah, last like first half of the season maybe a little rocky, but he seems to have figured his stuff, his turnovers out too. Yeah, they're starting to definitely mesh together, and they've had guys in and out of the lineup, but. Yeah, they could definitely be a sneaky team in the NFC to get in the playoffs here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just jumping into the NFC right now, the Cowboys or Eagles will have the first wild card spot. I think everyone knows that. But then six through the nine spot, all six and six teams, the Vikings, Packers, Rams, and Seahawks. I mean, I like to lean towards the Rams and the Seahawks to get those two spots, but they don't have the tiebreakers right now. I don't know who everyone's scheduled to end up the season, but the Packers could very well end up in the playoffs uh year after literally the first year Rodgers is gone and you know they're probably expecting some type of rebuilding year but I mean they finish out the season three and two and they probably get find themselves a road game first week and January yeah I mean just for them to make the playoffs probably a win and think they would Rams hey the Rams are still in it too bad I, I should have just taken them to make the playoffs that would have been a good bet I feel like there would have been some plus money on that. For, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. won three in a row, and Cooper Cup hasn't even been popping off. No. Like, they haven't even unleashed him yet. They won – I feel like people are forgetting they won the Super Bowl two years ago. Aaron Donald still looks as good as ever. I mean, Stafford's always injury and throws some picks here and there. But Puka Nakua, everyone's obsessed with him, and he's he's been a beast. And I feel like they have the roster to make another run. I don't know why, but I was thinking about if the Rams had draft in, instead of the Falcons, if the Rams had drafted Bijan Robinson, I feel like that would complete the offense. The Rams haven't had that guy since Todd Gurley yeah. in the backfield, to be real. That's true. A hammer. Yeah. Todd Gurley just diminished. That was a fall from grace on that one. Yeah, I feel like the Rams also have the most bottom third of a roster turnover because they haven't had a lot of draft picks over the last few years. So they're literally just finding people. And I feel like when you're watching a game of the Rams over the last few years, it's like, who is, who are these people? Yeah. I mean, they've done a good job with what they have to be at six and six and put themselves in a decent position. So especially after last year was obviously probably a disappointment coming off the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was a, that was probably one of the biggest disappointing years for any team, let alone a team winning a Super Bowl. Like, I feel like if we mapped out history, that's one of the worst post Super Bowl teams. That like their goal is to run it back, complete like failure, and then to kind of circle back and put it in gear towards the end of the season. I mean, they're hot, and I don't want to play them. If if I was in the playoffs, <laughs> I would not want to play them. I mean, the year they won the Super Bowl, they beat Brady and the Bucks after their Super Bowl win. So. By the way, just looking at the standings, the Cardinals at three and ten, and, and the pa- Patriots at two and ten aren't eliminated yet. So I just—that's <laughs> something I don't—I don't know why. But well, the New York, the Jets win the tiebreaker over uh, Tennessee, based on strength of schedule, strength of victory. Oh, that's dude. That's what we should do. The other day, Lindsay was asking me about because we were talking about the Eagles and Cowboys. What happens if the Cowboys win? And like, I tried to go into tiebreaker to win the division, and it's like. Uh, I, I'll just give me a second. I'm going to pull it up. It's ridiculously long. It's like 12 things. Well, while Ryan's bringing that up in other news, Khalil Mack, and I bring him up again, 
another two sacks up to 15 sacks and leading the NFL in sacks as of this week. So dude is just raking this year. I don't think he's really being talked about for a potential defensive player of the year, but I feel like he should be up there. He's got five forced fumbles too. Yeah. Especially now that he's the league leader. I feel like I haven't heard his name at all from people. No, No, 15 sacks, five forced fumbles. I mean, I don't know. He's up to 99 and a half for his career. So he's, he's close. He's right there. He's right there. And he's got some time. Yeah. I don't even know what current like defensive player of the year odds are, but. And Sam Howell had three sacks against himself. So where, the, uh, where are we at with that? Uh, I'm not sure. Dude, on the odds checker that I just looked at, Khalil Mack is down at like plus 10,000. That's crazy. He literally has competitive stats with everyone else. Is the team being good? Like, baseball really doesn't matter that much. Does it matter in football? I don't know. Oh, yeah. How's, like, he's with, like, Jalen Carter? Like, dude, what's crazy is last year I made two defensive player of the year bets. I I bet a Khalil Mack and Josh Allen for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And last year, neither of them won. But this year, they're both doing amazing. And I was like, <laughs> of course, I did it yeah. last year. Like, Josh Allen's having a breakout year, and I thought last year he might have one, but I didn't double down on it. I had a chance. Or I ran the $1 bet on Michael Thomas when comeback player of the year, and I, and his odds kept going lower and lower, and then he went on the IR, and I was like, really? oh, it's probably done. I might make that a bet as Cleo Mack, defensive player of the year, midseason bet. Right now? If it's plus 10,000. If it says uh, Sam Howell's up to 58 sacks. Oh my god! And what? Oh my gosh! What's the record, Chase? You gotta look up the 2002 Fuck. season. It was like 70 something, right? I thought it was 71, but you... 76. 76. Yes, it's 76. Was it really 76? Yes, it's 76. I'm very confident. All right. Well, no, Chase, fact check him right Chase now. Chase should fact check me. Oh, Cleo Max down here. Also, Bryce Young is at 44. And what's Sam Howell at? 58. That is such a jump. Yeah. Wait, do you have the 2002 team up? Hold on. You honestly could just look up David Carr because we know. CJ Stroud for Offensive Rookie of the Year or Offensive Rookie of the Year is minus 9,000. You re- oh, it was 76 sacks. 76? Yeah. Okay, so hold on. Hold His on. rookie year. I did it. Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Ben, ben, just dropped, ben just dropped a unit on Khalil Mack to win – Defensive player of the year plus ten thousand. Oh yeah. So, so in, in theory, Sam Howell has the extra game, but in today's league, you shouldn't be getting sacked as much as you are. He's at fifty eight. Yeah. He so he needs eighteen to tie. We'll we'll just say he needs twenty to make it yeah. easy. So his last four games are the Rams, which could get after him. The Jets, which could get yeah. after him. The Forty Niners, then the Cowboys at the end. Cowboys. Just, Depends on if they have something to play for. Well, they will. They will. That's true. That's true. They will. Because, I mean, they're going to beat Philly this week. I guess you just have to expect that Washington's still going to play how, even though they're probably out of it. That's true. Also, if he gets hurt by getting yeah. sacked. What's the prediction? Do we think it's going to happen? Do you think this is the year? I think the I think the 49ers and Cowboys at the end get 10 alone between the two of them. So they, but then you still need another nine. Yeah, Between the Rams and the Jets. It's you, need, sketchy. you need like one game, like you need this Rams or Jets game coming up to have like an eight sack. <laughs> oh. 
And then Wait, let me see how much. Oh my next... god! Oh my god! He had nine against Buffalo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you were in. He could have. He had nine, and he had five, three times. Then so you'd think some some point he get rid of the ball. Oh I my know. He's like Carson oh Wentz back there. You just like not letting go. Like, he just... to start there. It was six, four, nine, five, 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 six, one, three, three, four, four, and three. So it was way worse earlier in the season. He was getting crushed, but they've like they're tightening it up a little bit. By the way, I don't know who's listening to this, but Sam Howell looks like if Ben Kalinsky and <laughs> Ben's friend Sam had a kid. Yeah. So I wonder if Sam Howell's Jewish. Hey Siri. Is Sam Howell Jewish? Okay. I found this on the web for a Sam Howell Jewish. Check it out. This Christian. Uh uh-huh. UNC quarterback Sam Howell gets baptized. Best decision I've ever made. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me pivot. I have the time oh, thing up. So oh like, uh, there's literally just a quote under it. It just says, choosing to follow Christ has been the best decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> if we ever start naming episodes, we should have named this one Sam Howell's Baptized. For the tie-breaking rules, by the way, there is like four different tiebreakers based off two clubs, three clubs, wildcard division. I'm just going to keep it simple. To win your division, if you're tied with your team, there are literally 12 things the NFL goes through. And I'm just going to go through it real quick because this is just ridiculous. And I don't know if you guys – do you guys want to try to even guess or not, or do you want me to just go down? I mean, the first couple I feel like you can get. We can try to guess the first couple, but then you just – yeah. I don't think I'll be able to get a bunch. After All that. right. So what? Obviously, number one tiebreak rule. Head to head. Yeah, head to head. Second. Road wins. No divisional wins. Oh, divisional. It goes head to head wins, divisional wins. Then I'm just strength, gonna... is like strength of schedule or like the strength of something. No, I'm just gonna take it over because okay. it's ridiculous. Okay. So division, yeah. it's head to head divisional <clears throat> record. Um, win-loss record in common games. Then number four is conference. I thought conference was three. That's number four. Then it's your strength of victory in all games. Then it's your strength of schedule in all games. Drop down to number seven. Best combined ranking among conference teams in points scored and points allowed in all games. I don't even know what that means. Okay. How do you? What? Then number eight just as confusing. It says best combined ranking among all teams in points scored and points allowed in all game. Drop down to number nine, best net points in common games. That makes sense. Ten, best net points in all games. Eleven, best net touchdowns in all games. And then number 12 is a coin toss. Oh, my gosh. Just a good old-fashioned coin toss. If it got to 12 and became a coin toss, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. How many times has it been a coin toss for a tiebreaker? Probably never. I, there's no way it's gone that far. Also, this reminds me when I was looking up college football things, when yeah. there was a split title, they had to declare somebody. And that's basically how it went. They were like, oh, well, who beat who? And it just listed out on this page, like three teams schedules and was like, Ohio State beat this team. Who beat this team? Who beat this team? Who beat this team? 
It was like 15 teams listed. I'm like, how do you actually figure this out? Like, how do they write all that out? But that's literally what, like, what number 11 was, I think, or 10. Dang. All right, yeah, you just I have to even, write it out. That's that like, ridiculous. That's like doing like MMA math, but for football. Yeah. Like, oh, this person's great because they beat Anderson Silva and Michael Bisping. You know, like, can you imagine? It was like, all right, what was the strike number numbers for this? And yeah, what was the middle uh, control of them? <laughs> it's like, it's crazy though. But I guess when you write out a team over a season, it would end up looking like that. Yeah. Not to get off track, but do you see DC was on Joe Rogan? No, I didn't see that. He was. I just saw a clip from like earlier today. He was talking about John Jones. It was pretty oh. funny. <laughs> was he salty about it, or was he? No, no, it wasn't salty. He was talking about like Tyson biting uh, ear, like oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. And he basically said at, at the press conference when they got in a fight, and Cormier, he said he landed on his back. He like yeah. he's like, I'm not gonna lie. I thought crossed through my mind about biting Jones' ear off. Oh my gosh, just like biting basically. <laughs> I'm just yeah. Like, so, no, it wasn't bad. He was just talking about Jones and his. I got whooped all the every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, yo, you mentioned how he's undefeated before that. I was like, yeah, we got destroyed. Yeah, every time it didn't even look real. He he compared himself. I I mean I like Cormier and I think he's good, but he compared himself to Cain Velasquez for a second. I was like, eh, I don't know, and then basically talked about how like he was someone who always liked to move forward and Jones, like you couldn't do that against Jones at all. Like Jones's reach is just ridiculous. And he just like, couldn't counter yeah. that. And he's like, and he was... they were talking about how big and strong he is now. And like the Cormier house said, like said how strong he was then. <laughs> yeah. He would literally ragdoll Daniel Cormier. He's a, he's a, a dump truck of a person. Yeah. And John Jones made him look like a matchbox toy. I know that's crazy. I who do you think is the best heavyweight of all time? Like top like two or three. Like I'm okay. So count count Jones and lightweight for this conversation. Okay, because uh, obviously Jones like is top uh, like greatest like heavy like greatest mixed martial artist of our time. Jones is probably top two. Yeah, top one maybe. He's easily in there. I guess Fedor, but he never fought in the UFC, I don't think. Okay. So, but he had a really good run. I don't know. It's crazy because, like, before John Jones started, like, because I feel like a lot of those people would move back and forth between light heavyweight and heavyweight. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Maybe, like, Shane Carwin, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I think Velasquez is still up there, too. Yeah, that's true. Velasquez. But I like I feel like everyone always talks about Steve <laughs> being the, the greatest of all time, like the greatest heavyweight of all time. I was like, I didn't I don't know. I don't feel like like everyone like Dana always is saying that. And I'm just like, oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. I'd like a good run, but I don't know. Yeah. It I always mean, seems like it's just like no doubt. And it's like, is it though? Yeah. I feel like you say that about Francis. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure he's gonna murder this person. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> somewhat. BFL was talking about um, Francis fight, Francis Wilder fight or something. Yeah, I saw that. And he's like, a like, we talked about how he's a ranked heavyweight now. Yeah. Francis Wilder. And then they were also talking about something with Diaz, I thought, but I don't fucking know. That's crazy. But him, Wilder would be a crazy fight. Yeah. I mean, 
it's a logical move. And Wilder, I'm pretty sure, would want a big time fight. Especially after how Nagano performed, people would actually be like, okay, he's, this is going to be a good fight. Yeah. Plus, for him, if he wanted to rematch Fury again, if he got yeah. a win over Nganu, he could be like, well, I beat him yeah. and he beat you. So let's fight. He beat you, and they didn't count it against you. Well, it could be a legit fight this time, not just like a warm-up type exhibition. Because yeah, you know what you're getting. Found it. Okay. And back to football for a second here. Yeah. So the the farthest tiebreaker ever. I didn't really find it. I found like this Reddit rabbit hole real quick. I went down. Yeah. And from what I can find, it was the Giants and the Packers in 2006. And the Giants made it eight and eight, but it only went down to the fifth one strength of victory in all games. When was that comment from? Like, how long ago was that? Eight years ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty accurate. So it, it's, it was, it's, we probably would have heard about it if it yeah. was sooner. It's probably been, that's probably been about where it's. They, gone. apparently, there yeah. was like in the 99 season, they said if the Cowboys lost. The two, the Packers and the Panthers, it was whoever had like the better margin of victory in that last game. But I don't, uh-huh. I couldn't figure that out. But I'm just like, why, why do they have 12 things? It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause you would have to think something happened that they had to make it that way. Like, were they just having way too many ties back in the day? <laughs> and they were like, okay, we'll make one rule to figure this out. Well, maybe they just kept adding every time it happened or something. I feel like a bunch of people just, I don't know. I feel like they, someone was on something and they're just like, oh, let's see how many we can come up with. Oh, that's never going to tie now. Yeah, like, because it would have to happen that they have all the, like, that'd be a crazy thing to just come up with that. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe so they crazy. They had to figure something out that's 12 levels deep just in case. And it just gets super confusing. I feel like you should just get your... I feel like, you know what it should be? It should be like PKs in soccer, except like everyone in your starting 22, have like they have to kick field goals or something. Yeah. Or your <laughs> kicker just has to hit like so many over 55 or something. Yeah, like something fun, I feel like. Like the NBA does the, the playing tournament now and don't even get... Yeah. Like in-season tournament playing tournament pisses me off. <laughs> But it's better than just having 12 things, which ends in a coin toss. Like baseball, don't they do a one-game playoff? At some point, if it gets to a certain spot in baseball, don't they play a playoff game? Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure it's like an extra game. Yeah, they play. Decide, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of tiebreakers. I don't know what the MLB does. That would be kind of cool, though, if the kickers had to do that, do like penalty kicks, but they would just take turns kicking from like 55. And however many you hit out of like, whatever seven, yeah, they should just get a fan from each team, and they have yeah. to they have to do it. The head coaches have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> they have to go out and hit one from fifty five to win. Oh my gosh, that'd be funny. But yeah, so I just want to I want to touch on the MLB really quick here. Um, winter meetings haven't started yet, but there's been a bunch of action happening recently. Um, I like to follow a lot of the offseason stuff. The Mets have been have made some small moves that I like. Um, they haven't had a lot of depth in the past and previous years. So some smaller moves have, is what they need, and I like what they've done so far. I mean, signing like a bunch of minor league guys and Jose Iglesias to a minor league contract and 
stuff like that. Joey Wendell's a good utility type guy, but they are going to make plays at um, Yamamoto. What's his name? Yamamoto, I think. Mm-hmm. They're going to probably make a play on him. And it seems like Soto's about to get traded to the Yankees, which is pretty wild. Um, yeah. And they just traded for Alex Verdugo. Yeah. Right. A rare Red Sox Yankees trade. Yeah. But yeah. The, the Soto, I mean, they're, so they're going to trade. There's like four people. One's like the fifth ranked prospect for the Yankees. Then I think it was Brito, who's a decent, controllable, decent pitcher. Nothing great, but a decent, controllable pitcher. Then King, who's a reliever for the Yankees, has been really solid for three years in a row now. But what the what they gave up for Soto, they're not getting anything close to back. And I don't know. I mean, it's a one year rental, which so you don't expect them to, but. It's a big L for the Padres. Yeah, if they have to get rid of him, and if they don't re-sign Josh Tate or whatever they gave away from him, I don't remember what yeah. it was, but that's they literally ruined their farm system to let both of those guys go. Yeah. I mean, you think about just a top two guys in the Nationals deal, literally C.J. Abrams and James Wood, who are two – I mean, Abrams is going to be really good, and Wood is looking like he's going to be great too. So, Soto, I mean, he's going to – probably not even re-sign with the Yankees. He's probably going to try to see what he can get in free agency. He's going to be 26 in free agency. He can easily get like a Harper, like 10, 12-year deal. Yeah, especially if he plays out one year at the Yankees, puts up like 50 home runs or something like that. Oh, yeah, he might hit some a lot more this year with uh, that short porch. Yeah. And uh, Wait, is it easy to hit home runs in right field in Yankee Stadium? Yeah, it's shorter. It's super short. That's yeah. why Curtis Granderson in... had like 35 yeah. Brett, or 40. Brett Gardner, yeah, Brett Gardner had a year or two where he went off. Yeah. I thought that was in yeah. Boston. No. Well, Boston kind of has uh, like it curves inward. So I feel like a lot of people, like lefties can sneak, a, can sneak some balls in. But the Yankees' porch is just really close. Yeah. So they call really them the short. Bronx Bombers, but it's like so easy to hit home runs there. Yeah, like it's the shortest corner is technically Fenway Park. Okay, the pesky pole, right? That's what they call it because yeah, yeah. But like it goes out farther, whereas Yankee Stadium stays in far like longer. Yeah, basically. Would the MLB ever have like a standard stadium size? No, no, I don't think so. But they're all kind of trending in the same direction. Like, I was actually just reading about this. There's this one company that basically got all the deals for the Major League Stadiums and made them all gigantic, icebox type. Hmm. Like, there's nothing... Like, you think about the older ones, like we're talking about Yankee Stadium, Fenway, Wrigley. Like, they all have these weird designs to them. And I feel like that's kind of cool That's almost gone now. Like, Citizens Bank has that. It's a little quirk design, but... You definitely don't see it more with, like, I don't know. I wish the Astros would bring the bump in center field. Oh, dude, that was my favorite. I was gonna, I was waiting to bring that up. The bump. I just heard yeah. so many yeah. guys seeing it going up there. Yeah, Dodger Stadium is also still really quirky, which is cool. Yeah, like these older ones just have a little. It's gonna play in advance. Players at those ones, like in Citizens Bank Park, all the time you see guys misread the center field like that yeah. giant slant 
and you can and get a home, inside the park home run. Yeah. It's just cool. It's like a little league element to the yeah. game that I feel like would I don't know if every stadium had one thing that was like unique to yep. them. Yeah. Dodgers one of the interesting because you go as a fan, it, it's not really not only different for the players, but as a fan, you come no matter what you come in and you are at the top of the stadium and have to go down. Yeah, that's cool. So it's like it's different. But like yeah, like things like you said, Chase, like, like I mean, especially even, in the field of play, it would just be cool to have something, you know. Yeah. I saw there's a Japan stadium that is built pretty recently. They have like a giant shopping mall attached to the stadium. That's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like it's all so like, wild. It's all like baseball stuff related in the mall. It's kind of cool. Whoa. Yeah. So Chase, these new stadiums being built, you think they'll all probably be like hitting hitter friendly park? I feel like just the MLB yeah. way. Like they're just all, I don't know, like the way the ranger stadium looked the way the marlin stadiums look like all the newer ones in the last 10 years there's they're all kind of similar in a way well the marlins was huge and they have their short they had so a short big. Year, right yeah, they had to bring it back in a little bit Mets brought theirs in too yeah did they really mm-hmm. oh my gosh the original i think they bought it in twice two separate times the original dimensions of city field were really dang out there and then they brought them in more and then i think they yeah. brought them a second time so, but yeah. we have to talk about it also too. We haven't talked about Otani. Newest, oh yeah, this is what I want to talk about. Okay, yeah. newest yeah. reports indicate that he's expected to sign somewhere by Sunday. So by the time we record our next podcast, he's most likely going to be with a team. A lot of secrecy around it. Not much going on. What are your What are you guys thinking? Where do you think he's going? All right, two things, real quick. Number one, if he signs, if he resigns with the Angels, I'm forever going to hate Otani. Forever, okay. the rest of my life, I will hate him. Second, and I don't know if this is an actual report, but if I don't know if you guys saw it too, but the Blue Jays said that they were interested, and they would trade Vlad Guerrero and uh, Bo Bichette if they got Otani. And I was like, if he signs with the Blue Jays, he's basically resigning with the Angels. He's joining the most competitive division in baseball. So what does he think he's going to do? And they're going to trade their two best young players. So if both of those things play out, I will forever hate oh hey Otani. Um I always I I haven't been following MLB all season and I literally was just gonna do a random guess of the Blue Jays and I was thinking in my head. So Yeah. yeah it's been yeah. It's been really quiet though, and they said Otani has been like he's basically wanted it to be very like on the down low and so teams are like scared to like speak like spill anything because they don't want it to ruin their chances basically the yeah. only one that said anything this whole time is dave roberts for the dodgers but everyone already knew the dodgers were interested right yeah and i don't know if the whole blue jays thing is for real either yeah. but i don't like if, if the angels are still in it i'm annoyed and if the blue jays somehow got in it i would also be annoyed like i don't want to see him obviously go to like the dodgers or the yankees or the red sox like they'll like the big timing teams but i guess yeah. i don't really know where i want him to go i feel like it'd be cool for if he went to like the orioles or somebody like somebody just oh they're not never spec- expected <laughs> yeah like but i feel like yeah. i mean no, I, just, I agree i just shat on an, another team in the division but yo if he goes to the a's <laughs> yeah but it's not like the orioles would be like oh yeah we're gonna trade uh you know three prospects now because of yeah. Gato Tani. I mean, maybe the Orioles might do that. I'm my a little too much. 
my prediction of where he's going to go is the Giants. The Giants, I could see that's, that. That's my prediction. That's where I think he's going. I could see the Mariners just hooking him up with Ichiro for like 10 days straight. Just being like, yeah, one night in Seattle, then they just hold him hostage for 10 days until he signs with them. Just because they have like a strong lineage of like, you know. Yeah. Like Japanese players, and I feel like they're like, Shohei, you have to do this. It'll be interesting. I also saw they said for Yamamoto, there was like seven teams that emerged as like the top guys for the bidding for Yamamoto yeah. and the Mets and Yankees, which I knew, but then the Blue Jays are in that too. No, no, no. <laughs> um, and then the Do- Dodgers Giants, which I'm not surprised either. And then there was like two mystery teams, but I mean, the Mets have been vocal about need- being interested. I mean, their rotation right now is literally Severino, Quintana, and, and Senga. And Sanga last yeah. year for five for 75 million. I mean, he's off to a great start on that contract. And yeah. Steve Cohen reportedly flew out to Japan before Yamamoto came to the U.S. to like talk with him there to get like a head start. <laughs> God, it's such a baller move. <laughs> so damn it. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely consider the Giants, though, like you said. They've yeah. been obviously showing that they're willing to spend a lot of money. So yeah, I mean, I he's wouldn't be surprised if they end up with one of these people. He's projected to have like a, I think the projection of his contract is like 275 million for him it's crazy and he's like three-time mvp right yeah Young, like well not Young, but from what their top pitcher they yeah. get up 1.21 era there last year and he's 25 so that's the big deal it's like you don't normally get these pitchers like these young studs coming over that young so that's like the big draw with him obviously definitely yeah. exciting though wherever these guys end up actually going so if yeah. it happens in the next week that'd be great yeah, no, I just want to discuss, and I think next week we'll have even more to talk about. Um, there wasn't a lot more. I mean, K- Craig Kimbrell signing with the the Orioles is, I yeah. guess, something. Uh, I laughed at that. You guys probably are fine with it. I, but, yeah, I feel bad for the Orioles. I think it's a horrible move for them. But yeah, I mean, they I get they needed someone with Batista at all next year, but that's not probably who you want to have to rely on all year either. So no. and I saw Kellenick is now an Atlanta Brave. That was a ridiculous trade. So... Yeah, I, I'm so pissed. He's gonna haunt the Mets, and I know he is. That's just what happens. That's the first thing I thought of. I was like, classic former Mets prospect yeah. ends up back in the division with somebody, yeah. and he's gonna haunt them now. He's still only 24. Chase, is it true that Bryce Harper was low key looking into an extension? I saw something pop up, but I don't know how true it was. And I get to okay. investigate it. Yeah. I was gonna say he has eight years left on his deal, and he's gonna be 38 when it's over. I'm, I was like. Bro, I'd be a little salty if that's what he's looking for. I mean, I could see as it they he's trying to do it to open up money, maybe, but I don't Almost know if that I don't know if that happens. So that's a long well. time left on your contract. Yeah. This is one of my biggest number one pet peeve is when players sign a contract and then they want out. Yeah. But James Harden. Yes. <laughs> number two is this extension thing. I feel like every single player, prime, not prime, no matter what the situation is, if you sign a three-year deal, it's really a two-year deal. And it's like, oh, are we going to extend them or trade them or do something? Like, yeah. if it's a five-year deal, you get through four years, it's like, oh, should we – like, I don't understand why – because I know it's different nowadays, whereas teams – all the players used to be restricted free agents and you would get your 
pot. So you sign a guy for five years and then I guess you can choose to resign him or let him play the open market. Is everyone, is the reason for that trend just teams are always afraid of losing someone? But if let's say you sign a guy for five years and after year four, you don't extend him because he has a five-year deal, then I feel like he's going to be all salty and be like, oh, well, I want out then or something like that. Like, I feel like no one just plays their contract and then moves on. Teams also want to get something for them, though, if they know they're not going to re-sign the guy. I'm trying to think, like the Seattle with the Kalanick trade, they traded away Evan White, who he's one of the guys that they, he's one of those prospects that got signed to those, like, I don't know what the contract was, but it was like one of those, like, six-year, like, $50 million contracts. But he's been terrible in the MLB. I don't think he's even been in the MLB since like 2021. Dang. So that they're just like shedding. That's one of those like contract deals that didn't work out. Like King, you guys did that with King Reed, right? Or no? Yeah. Well, he declined his option, but he. Okay. But like, I mean, it was yours yeah. wasn't that expensive. It wasn't like a crazy expensive. It was like 50 something million, I think. Though. But that's what like, that's what like the yeah. Evan was. And on the team side, at least, I think they're just trying to get something. But player yeah i don't know but it was Um, ben was just saying about how like the nba is sometimes a little player favorite and that's why there's more issues with contracts and stuff like that than the mlb and it's just those types of situations become harder as fans and i told ben the mlb is a little i mean mlb nhl even the nfl i feel like there's a lot of players that can stay with the teams nba there's a lot of jumping cap going up like every year a lot of one to two year deals. I get it, but it is just really hard as a fan. And I told Ben, if you were a tr- like, even like when you're a bad team in any pro sport, there's more turnover. I th- am still a believer that if those group of guys just stay together, especially in a sport like basketball or football, I know baseball is a little more individualized, but I think basketball, you had a bad team and you kept all those guys together like they would turn into something. And Ben made a good point. He said the magic this year and they're 14 and six right now in third place in the conference. And it's just been a group of guys, bad players that have been together now, three, four years. Some of them are younger, but yeah, Ben Caro's only been there too, but it's kind of the same group as last year. Yeah. I don't think before. they made many moves at the deadline or the, you know, no, they're just developing their, their guys for the most part. Um, I mean, you have other teams, obviously, like the Pistons, who <laughs> are at the other end of the spectrum. But, but there's turnover yeah. there. That yeah. There's so much turnover That's there. That's true. You're adding Kevin Knox in there. And... Yeah, it's been cool. The Magic have, like, just let them grow. Like, they're not putting – I mean, they obviously have pressure, but it's not, like – it's not that they're, like, keep changing the head coach every every year or something like that. Yeah. Like, they're letting it mesh. And I don't know. I feel like that's how Golden State did it. And like how yeah. dominant they were, like they sucked, and then all of a sudden they got a bunch of players together, and then they all just peaked at the same time. Yeah, it gets hard because then you get all these bad guys playing together, and then you start to get good, and then it's easy to deal. Like I feel like the Spurs have been doing that. Like they had Derek White and who's the dude that went to Atlanta? No, the dude that went to Atlanta, Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray, like both of them, they had like a two-headed guard down there. Started playing a little better, and then they just dealt them both. And I'm like, okay, I mean, you have Wemby now, but they're three and sixteen, and they lost fourteen straight. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Pop still, Pop, bro, Pop still has like he's like top five 
winning his coach still percentage wise and yeah. he's had like three to five straight garbage years and he's still up there yeah no not to, and not to bring back to the magic but i just so their starting lineup on most nights is ridiculous you have bancara who's 21 Dang. you have franz wadner who's 22 Gigi batazzi who's 24 oldest one you have suggs who's 21 and then uh black is 19 Oh my god! And that's their starting rotation. Who's who is this black guy? Anthony Black. Oh, he went to Arkansas. Just like the fact that that's their lineup. I mean, they on the bench like their oldest, their old guys. They got Joe Ingles and Gary Harris off the bench, but and Gary Harris has been there. <laughs> he got dealt from the Nuggets like three or four years ago. So yeah. even like your veteran. Who you plug in and out every year? It's been Gary Harris, and he's been trucking down there for like at least. Well, and three Cole years. Anthony, this is his fourth year there, and he's been—I mean, he's had good years. You know, he's been reliable. He's been fine on that like bench role, getting like twenty-five minutes a game. Like he's been good for them in that role. So. Yeah, they're good. They're a good young team. I'm pretty sure I had them making the playoffs. I think in my bracket. So. Yeah. yeah. I was just gonna complain because the Sixers last played Friday night, and they're not playing till tonight wednesday night because of this dumb in-season tournament and the game friday night they were showing their upcoming schedule and there was like a couple games highlighted and it's like newly added games i'm like there's gonna be no fans there you can't put a random game on like a wednesday night in a week's notice i just this in-season tournament i just the amount of money some of these teams that don't keep going are going to lose because of stadium revenue. I'm just like, are the owners going to be okay with this continuing to go? And the so big, glad the Knicks lost. Yeah, I'm so glad the Sixers didn't make it. The biggest story right now in the NBA, like, I, I get it. It's not a popular time of the year, but the biggest story right now is how the Lakers have to change their in-season tournament jerseys because they're too much blending in with the dumb court. Like, that's the biggest story right now. Have you guys heard anything else? I haven't. No. No. I haven't even go to ESPN. That's like on the main page. I'm like, this is so dumb. That's ESPN. I don't get it. It'd be cooler if there was something more. Like, I don't. What do in soccer? What do the teams get when playing all these tournaments and stuff like that? You know what I mean? I think it's just hardware. Like you just get a trophy, but that's like their season is almost made up of like those tournaments in a way. Some things like some things is bidding like the basketball. At the end of the year, when they do the conference tournaments, those like you can get a bid into March Madness. Yeah, but, like this is strictly just money based for players. Like, and they already all have a ton. I get yeah. it. The guy on the bench might want it, but he's not contributing to, at all to his team getting it anyway. Yeah, true. Like you could be exempt from like the playing tournament. Like if you win this, then it's like you automatically. Lock in like whatever the lowest seed is. Yeah. Like that would be kind of so if whoever loses the NBA tournament, whoever like gets the has like the loser of the loser gets relegated to the G League. I always say I'm in for that, but it, it would really stink one year. Like I don't know. When I first started, when I jumped into um the Premier League chase, I don't really follow soccer that much, but I would say I'm more into probably the English Premier League than 
the MLS and I and I got oh, I into it the one year and I literally was like, oh, okay, I'll choose Sheffield United and then they got relegated <laughs> and then they almost got relegated again like after that. <laughs> like, what the heck? I don't, even, I don't even know. I remember they were just free falling out of the divisions. I was like trying to find like scores and like league stats online. Know. It was like so hard. I remember that. I get up at like Saturday morning. We're yeah. trying to like follow the game. Like trying to follow the game. And like we got relegated twice. And then they were playing Sheffield Wednesday. I never even heard of them. What the heck? That is crazy how you can just ascend different levels and become like yeah. a top league soccer club. That's yeah. why. Yeah. I never watched that. Um, The team that. Oh, what? Leicester? No. Oh. The team that. Um... Oh, Wrexham. Yeah. Wrexham. I never watched that documentary or whatever. Yeah. That... I forget. It's Ryan Reynolds bought the team. Yeah, he yeah. bought the team. And Rob McElhenney. They put a bunch. It's always sunny. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, right. Last thing for the NBA. Last, the Sixers, I think they're 12 and seven now. They're in the middle of the pack. They started off hot. Um, Embiid's missed a couple of games. They lost last Wednesday to the Pelicans. And there was a big deal about Zion that game because he was the, he, he broke a Pelicans record for, most field goals made without missing one and it was 11 for 11 and they were like hyping it up and then the next day there was a stack correction and he missed a field goal and he's 11 for 12 and so it didn't even count it's funny <laughs> i want to like i don't even know what happened it was like it's pretty funny <laughs> but there was like all this stuff they're like 11 for 11 like no pelican has ever made that many field goals without missing one, and then the next day it just, I went into the box and I said eleven for twelve. What, was it like a tip or something? I that don't like know. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, what, how does that happen? That's funny. Dude, he's good when he's on the court. Just gotta stay on the court. Uh, this Sunday, um, Cowboys will beat the Eagles. It's not a pick. I'm not dropping money on it, but I just, I don't know. Apparently, according according to some sources, Dak's leading the MVP poll right now, which I told because Lindy was like kind of hype about it, and then I was like, "Oh, I heard, I heard Miles Garrett had a shot, and defensive guy hasn't won it in like years." And she's like, "Oh, of course, when when Dak's leading, they're going to choose someone on defense." And I was, like, <laughs> But I was like, listen, I was like, Bryce Harper won one in Philly. Joel Embiid won one for the 76ers. I'm like, it's hype in the moment, but then you lose in the playoffs. I'm like, there's – and Dak definitely cares way more about a championship. Um, Yeah, I'd rather be Super Bowl MVP than MVP. I don't think I've ever seen any of my teams get an MVP. How old were you? Pat Ewing won one, right? How old were you? <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, I, know, I know what you mean. I actually don't think oh no technically Allen Iverson, I guess, but didn't did Ryan Howard ever win one? Jimmy yeah. Rollins. In 2006, Jimmy Rollins was MVP, I think. I don't know if Ryan Howard won one. Okay. Technically, right, Chase, we have A we have AI technically in 01. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna go into the nineties because we were I mean, there's no way I'm counting that. I'm gonna. There's a stretch on the AI in one because we were like five and six. <laughs> but then Jimmy Rollins, and then we had Bryce Harper. And Joel. I was MVP Joel. in 2006. He was. Yeah. So it wasn't Rollins. 
Can you look up Rollins? Did they both win? I didn't know Rollins how. Rollins also won MVP. Yeah, 07. Oh, that my God. Well, they went back-to-back MVP. That's ridiculous. Was, a, was a Ryan Howard also Rookie of the Year? Wait, he was Rookie of the Year and MVP? No, no, no. Rookie of the Year, and then the next year he won. Oh, oh okay, okay. I Yeah, because I was like, wait, did that happen in the same year? I mean, the dude hit 313 with 58 homers and 149 rubies. My God, I would take that in a second right now. Like, like that's a that's a good. And it paid off because you got Ryan Howard's MVP, Jimmy Rollins' MVP, and they won a World Series. I know Ben always says they should have won more, and he's right. Yeah. But oh the, God, we had yeah. two MVPs and a World Series. The crazy thing is that he was a 5.2 war that year, and second place Pujols had an 8.5 war. <laughs> what? What did Pujols do that year? I mean, it's probably defense, too, I'm assuming. Oh, but yeah. Pujols hit 330 with 41 homers and 117 ribbies. He also had 16 stolen bases. And he walked 97 times, only struck out 60. Whereas Howard struck out like 180 times still. But Oh, my God. So Albert Pujols might have got robbed on an MVP that year. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at Pujols on the side, like his awards. Literally, fourth in MVP, second in MVP, second in MVP, third in MVP, first, second, ninth, first, first, second, fifth. That's so crazy. The start his career. That's a start his career. I don't know. I think I might have been underrating Pujols a little bit. Well, he got hosed, right? I think, I think the recency bias is the worst part of that, though. Didn't that run end with the hand injury at first? Like, didn't that whole rain, that run, that crazy run he had with the Cardinals, didn't that all end when he got hurt, right? Someone ran into his hand and messed him up, and then after that he went to get I mean, even his final year in the Cardinals, he had 299 with 37 homers and 99 RBIs in his final year with them. He won the home run dirty. He was still fifth in the MVP. Even his first year with the the Angels, he had 285, 30 home runs, 105 ribbies. Like, he still was fine. It just – maybe it was time after that he got injured. But no, I think yeah, we talked about a lot of a lot of good stuff here. A lot lot to go with MLB, NBA. Um and we uh yeah, I think we're gonna wrap it up on this one, but we'll we'll get the Immaculate Grid after this, get that posted yeah. when we go nine for nine and all four uh four of them. So Yeah. And we've all been super busy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we're we're trying to get more organized, more consistency, more content, and we're gonna try to gear up big for year two coming up in a month crazy that we haven't been doing this a full full year i think we started early 2023 but i don't know boys let's hit hard in 2024 oh, a lot yeah. more live content some we're gonna get some merch out there for some people merch if they going. Want it. i mean um, I, to be honest i it's one of those things where i was like it's easy to say we'd be still trucking but i actually don't know i don't know if i thought we'd get this far i know it's 42 but yeah, no, we're 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 kicking in strong, and we're gonna yeah, we're gonna keep grinding these out for sure. Yeah, weekly content. Yeah, weekly content, and yeah, it's it's been busy for us. <laughs> it's a busy time of year, but we're gonna yeah, we're gonna keep grinding and make it uh as accessible for you guys as possible. And we want to know what you guys want to hear too. Yeah. Way, so. ways you think we can improve or different content yeah. or just anything in general. Let us know. Yeah, and if you usually listen on Spotify, our podcast from last week is only on YouTube, uh, but this one will be on Spotify. So if you made it this far and you want to listen to last week's, it's on YouTube. We will see you guys next week. Appreciate all the support, all the love. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.